Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Man, we want to start uh, by, by just saying some thank yous. Uh, I've got some big thank yous to say to uh, Miss Mary Burns, Miss uh, Kathy Cook. Thank you, girls, for coming. Spring has sprung, and it always looks so beautiful. Thank you so very much. We, we appreciate you. I appreciate you making our church look beautiful. Um, also, we've got two birthday girls in the house. Uh, from one end of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> it's Miss Robin's birthday today. Happy birthday, Miss Robin. And it's Miss Bella's birthday today. Happy birthday. Nine years young. Robin, notice I didn't say yours. <laughs> because I love you and I want to live. <laughs> Happy birthday, both you girls. You're precious. I hope you have the most awesome day. I hope you have a great day. We also have something very special we want to do today. I've asked Sister Vonda to come and help me. Vonda, will you come just for a quick moment? Will you go back there? I will. See, I keep her in the back room, and so I send her. Miss Julie, would you come join me just for a second, please? She hates this. This is why I'm doing it. This past week... Uh, we celebrated five years as Miss Julie being our worship pastor. And, yeah, isn't that amazing? And so we wanted to do something special for her this morning, so we got her a little gift and, and, and some other stuff. I, I got her chocolate, and Vonda said, she's not eating chocolate right now. And I said, that's okay, the grandkids will eat the chocolate. Roper, Roper will be glad to eat the chocolate. And so... Amen. I, I appreciate you guys. Can we give Miss Julie another hand clap, please? We love you so much. We love you. Thank you, honey. All right, don't sit down by any means. You ready to worship the Lord? Amen. We're going to receive the offering this morning. Ushers, come on, please. I remembered. I remembered. I remembered. Thank you, Lord. COVID did bad things to us, right? One of those was getting me out of the habit of receiving the offering. And so we want to ask the Lord to bless the offering today, to, to bless our day and to just be with us. Won't you pray with us today? Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing and the opportunity to be in your house. We would ask you, Lord God, to come in might and power. God, come in authority. Meet with your people today, Lord. Bless this offering for every intended purpose. God, may it bring you glory. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship together.
face, free at last, meeting face to face. I am yours, Jesus, you are mine. Endless joy, perfect peace, earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. Oh, he's alive. Your rising higher 
this morning. Father, we're here to worship your name, God, and to honor you. And we thank you, Father, for your presence in this house, Lord. Father, your word says that where you are is holy ground, God. And you are here this morning, God, so this place that we stand in is holy ground. And we just want to honor you, Father, for your presence.
Come on, can you just lift your hearts and voice love on Him? Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're here. Thank you, Lord, that you restore, you revive. Thank you that you recover. Every heart every home, every family, every broken spirit, every contrite spirit, God, you, you never deny us. You love us. You build us up. Even in our heart, in our heartbreak. You never leave us. You never forsake us. In our disappointments and our discouragements, God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. Lord, we're nothing without you. God, we're desperate for you today. We're desperate, Lord. We die without you, Lord. I die without you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I need you, Lord. You want to remember the, the Armin Allen family in prayer this morning. Many of you probably have heard, some may have not. Brother Armin went home to be with the Lord yesterday. Remember Sister Perlene in your prayers. Please lift her up and 
Some of you have asked me about services. I don't, I don't have any details yet as to when. As soon as I do, I'll let you know. Precious people. Heaven gets sweeter every day, guys. We also want to remember the Sister Donna Phelps' brother. He went home to be with the Lord this past week. Keith Holbrook. Hold that family up in your prayers. Jesus is coming. That's our hope, right? And His promises is that those who precede us in death, those who, who pass away before we do, before His return, they're not going to stay in that grave. But when that trumpet sounds, they get up. They'll be alive in Christ. They may be dead in the body, but they're present with Him and they're alive in Christ. That's our hope. That's our peace. That's our strength today. Death is not final. Death doesn't have the final say. It's momentary. Can we collectively pray for these families this morning, please? All across this room, let's lift them up to the Lord. Father, we come. We come to you in our time of need, in our time of help. God, we, we love you, we worship you, we praise you in the good and in the bad, in the highs and in the lows. You're still God. You're still able. You're still mighty. Lord, I pray right now for, for Perlene. God, I pray for strength and encouragement and peace. God, I'm asking you right now to build them up. God, in a way, in a manner that's only, only possible through you. Lord, I pray. I pray for all the, those that have lost people they love and care about. I pray for Sister Donna today, God, in the loss of her brother. Lord, encourage her. Uh, just bring peace, God, to that home, to that family. God, for children and for grandchildren and even great-grandchildren. Lord, I pray right now a peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, it, it comes from You. You're the source. You're the supply. It flows from You, Lord. God, I pray whatever comes, whatever may happen in the, the days that lie in front of us, Lord, I pray that Your name is lifted high, that, that You're the one that receives the glory and the praise and the honor. For Your good, Lord, and Your mercy endures forever. We trust You. We may not always understand, God, but we trust You. Lord, Your ways are higher than our ways, and Your thoughts are higher than ours. God, we put our confidence in You. We believe You, Lord. We give You praise. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God is good. God is good. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning, please. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby. Let them know you love them. Holy Spirit, so good.
Holy Spirit so good. Roper's already tearing into that candy back there. Bless the Lord. Save one for me, would you, buddy? One of the things you guys ought to know about your pastor is that I strive to, to hear from God before I preach anything I preach. I've been, I've been in full-time ministry for 20-plus years. And quite honestly, I've got a stack of sermons a, a foot deep. Stuff that I've preached before that I could you know, pull out of the closet and say, Hey, that was pretty good. That, it got everybody excited. It whooped them into a frenzy. So let's preach that again, right? And, and I'll be honest, there's, there, there's things that I preached before that I think, man, those people need to hear that and they need to get it in their heart and their spirit. And so, so I will preach that again. But I want you to understand, I always want to be on time. And I always want to preach what God says preach. I don't, I don't want to ever want to preach out of my flesh. I don't want to ever preach out of my intellect. I don't want to ever you know, bring a word or a message to a, to a congregation of people to, uh, to, to try to, to, to do something that would be against the will or the plan of God. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I, I want to do what God says do and, and say what God says say. That's first and foremost. And, and quite honestly, there's a lot of times that, that I... I, I, I gauge on how accurate I was on, on preaching what God wanted me to preach based upon the events that transpired in the service. You know, how did people respond? And uh, did they come to the altar? Was there a move of God? Did, did, did people say amen? You know, did, did they, did they res- respond and, and, and coordinate with the Word and, and what the Word was, was saying? And shame on me for doing that. Because it's not based upon how you respond or how you react, but it's based upon what the Holy Spirit said to do. And so... Man, forgive me. But, but here's what I know. When, when, the, when the worship coordinates with, with the message, and, and, and that lady's been my, my worship pastor for five years, and I, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for her work and for her ministry and for her faithfulness. Julie, we love you. We appreciate you. Couldn't do it without you, girl. I appreciate you very much. But in that, in that time period, there may have been one or two times that I'd call her and say, hey, would you do this song for me? You know, it, it kind of coordinates with the message. Would you, would you sing this song? That's pretty rare. I don't do that. I certainly didn't do that today. And, I, of course, I have no way of saying, hey, when you give the interpretation of the message in tongues, would you please say this? <laughs> you know, lightning strikes people and they die on the spot when they do stuff like that. The ground opens up and swallows them when they do stuff like that. From the worship we received this morning, from the direction of our worship this morning, and from the the word the Holy Spirit has already spoken to us this morning, quite honestly, I don't need any more confirmation to know that the word that He brought me to preach to you this morning is the right word for the right time for the right people. If, If there's not an amen that comes forward this morning, that's perfectly fine because the truth is the Holy Spirit's already amended it. I love him and I trust him this morning and I, I'm just praying for a refreshing rain to fall in this room this morning. There's some of you that walked in the door so broken down and so broken hearted that you can't lift your head. You, you feel like the very life has been sucked out of you. Listen, I get it. I get it. I get there at times and moments myself. 
We, we go through those, those seasons we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But I want you to know, my God, our God, the, the God who saves is still on the throne and He's still refreshing and He's still reviving and He still loves you and He hasn't forgotten you. He knows where you're at. God loves you. You are the apple of His eye. And He loves you with an unfailing, unrelenting love. I've got to get into the Word, but I want to worship Him one more time. Would you join me from your own heart and from your own, from your own relationship and give Him glory? Father, we bless You. God, we praise You. Lord, we're, we're empty and devoid without You, Lord. Oh God, how we need You. Oh God, how we love You. Oh God, how we praise You. Oh God, how we bless Your name. Thank You, Lord, for, for revival. Thank You, God, for refreshing. Thank you, Lord, for, for fresh wind and fresh fire. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah, come on, give me my hand clap of praise, would you please? I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is coming soon. I said I believe Jesus Christ is coming soon. Hear your pastor this morning. This is not another uh, broken record message. Hear your pastor this morning. This is not just a, a, a re redundant, do it again, uh, play it over message. This is not, oh, every week you tell us Jesus is coming. Listen, friend, this is the truth of the spoken word of Almighty God inspired by the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is coming. Coming soon. All of the conditions that he spoke of in his word just prior to his return are being fulfilled in our very sight. We're watching it in real time, church. Do you understand that, that, that the invasion that's taking place between uh, Russia coming into the Ukraine and, uh, and the refugees being dislocated and, uh, and moved to different regions, it, it's happening in real time before our very eyes. We've gone through wars in our history of the world. We've seen horrible, horrific events unfold between nations, but we've never watched it happen in real time. It's happening before our very eyes. The fulfillment of the Word of God. This message is not ever a message that will ever lose its, its validity. It's not ever a message that will lose its re relevance or its importance. This is not a, a message that we can ever consider as growing old. We have to be aware Jesus Christ is coming. I'm not here to impress you this morning with my big fancy words. I'm not here to try to impress you with all my, my knowledge and my ability to speak because I certainly have neither of those. I'm simply here to tell you today that, that Jesus Christ loves you and that if you don't know Him as your Savior, you need to know Him as your Savior. His will is to see people revived. Oh, Lord, help me not be such a ball bag. His desire is to see you refreshed. His desire is to see people flourish. Yes. See, He's coming back for a bride on fire. Yes. He's coming back for a bride who's alive. He's not coming back for a limping, just barely getting by church. He's coming back for a, a, a church full of fire and zeal and excitement and flourishing church. 
But the truth is, I believe you would have to admit, and I admit for myself, that sometimes there's some things that happen along the way. Even, even as you go about trying to minister, there's some things that can happen along the way that absolutely can suck the life out of you. As we watch all these end-time events unfolding around us on a, on a daily basis, as we're watching it in real time happen before us, the absolute truth is, is that sometimes even, yes, we as Christians can find ourselves at a place where we're just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. A place of being empty on the inside. No excitement. No zeal. No joy. Drained is a good descriptive word. Fatigued is a good descriptive word. In a fog is a good descriptive word. Living in a desert, going through a dry season is a good descriptive word. Now I know folks would say, uh-oh, preacher, I, I, I don't think this is uh, applying to me today. I don't think this matters in my life today. Listen, friend, it can happen to the newest convert, to the most senior saint. I don't think it's something anybody goes looking for. I don't think anybody ever sets out on the path to say, you know what, I want to go through a dry season. No, absolutely not. We don't take steps or measures to, to find ourselves feeling empty or fatigued or dry or in the midst of that dry season. But it can happen just the same. If you don't believe me, you ask anybody going through one or you ask anybody who's ever been through a dry season in their life and they will tell you instantaneously, yes, I know what it is to live through it. On, Truth is today, if we stay in that dry season long enough, eventually we'll be just like that desert and there'll be absolutely no life left inside of us. On, if we stay in that dry season long enough, we will eventually wither up and die. It's a dry and weary land that we're living in today. That dry and weary land can create a, a sense of a dry season within the soul even of the, the believer. But I believe God didn't call us to die on the vine. I don't believe God called us to die in the dry season. But I submit to you today, God called us to survive even the driest of the dry seasons. He is here, He is here, He is here. And where He is, there is survival. I want to talk to you this morning about survival, surviving the dry season. Find your Bibles, if you would, please. We're going to the book of John, chapter 7. I want to read verses 37 through 39, where the Lord says this. On the last day of the, the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anybody's thirsty, if anybody's going through a dry season, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let us pray. Father... God, I need your help preaching this word today. God, perhaps this is a word just for me. Maybe there's nobody else in this room or listening uh, today on the internet who needs to hear this word. But God, I'm going to preach it for me. God, because in the dry season, we need you. 
we all can go through dry times in our lives. And God, I pray today that, that, that you would help us survive, make the other side of that dry season. Lord God, have your way. God, please be glorified. God, please be praised. Through every word spoken, God, may it all be for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Would you please give the Lord another hand clap? I believe with all my heart we can survive. I believe with all my heart we can make it through the dry season. In the natural, a dry season is described as a period of time that experiences low rainfall or drought. Here in southern Oklahoma, we've been experiencing a dry season for quite some time now. We, we've gone for an extended period of time without any rainfall. We're, we're experiencing uh, what the National Weather Service calls it. Carter County is, ex, is experiencing what is known as an extreme drought category. We're in extreme drought season right now. Oh, I know we got some, some snowfall, some icefall a, a week or so ago, and, and that added moisture to the ground. But by the afternoon, most of that had evaporated and it was gone. An extreme drought category means that the growth of grass is dormant. Extreme drought category means that hay is nearly non-existent and planting of crops is delayed. Cattle have little to no water or feed. Wildfires are increasing in number and severity. And even the air quality is poor with the dust and the smoke from the fires that's blowing around place to place. Yesterday afternoon, I can't tell you how many times I heard the Lone Grove Fire Department making runs, leaving uh, from my house going north and leaving from, from our direction going south to go uh, deal with fires that were going on. Why? Because there's such a severe extreme drought that's going on. The grass is extremely dry and all it takes is a spark to catch it on fire and... What we need in Carter County, what we need in the state of Oklahoma is a good old soaking rain. And I'm not talking about one that comes and uh, lasts for about 30 minutes and it rains just as hard as it possibly can rain and then it washes away. What I'm talking about is a good old set in rain for about two or three days, just a good, slow, steady soaking rain. That's what it's going to take to, to bring nourishment back to the grass. That's what it's going to take to refill the creeks and the streams. That's what it's going to take to fill the ponds back to capacity. We need a good rain. Can I tell you this morning, just as sure as we can experience a, a dry season in the natural, friend, we can experience a dry season in the spiritual as well. In like manner, a spiritual dry season can be described as a time period that, that experiences low rainfall or drought. How long since you had a good downpouring of the Holy Spirit over your life? A dry season spiritually can feel like we're just going through the motions. A dry season spiritually can get growth is dormant, planting is delayed, fires are increasing, and the air quality is poor. Spiritually, in the dry season, it can feel like your, your prayers don't make it past the end of your lips before they fall to the ground. In the dry season, spiritually, it can feel as if God has completely gone silent and a million miles away. Preacher, how do you know all this? How can, is this something you read in a book? Friend, I tell you from firsthand knowledge today, anybody can experience a dry season. 
From the newest convert to the most senior saint, from the Sunday school teacher to the man standing in the pulpit today, I am a first-hand witness of, of what it feels like to be so spiritually dry that you're spitting cotton balls. I'm telling you today, we all can arrive at this location. Please understand with me today, a dry season does not mean that you're lost or away from God. A dry season does not mean that, that you're not going to get to go to heaven. A dry season simply means that you're going through a tough time. It means that you're going through a dry season. No matter what the enemy might try to whisper in your ear, maybe you walked in the door this morning in the midst of a dry season. Friend, you're not the only one who's ever gone through a dry season. The good news is this. God don't want us to dry on the vine. God does not want us to die in the desert. God does not want us to die. He wants us to be refreshed. He wants us to be revived. He wants us to survive. In the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verse 4, the psalmist says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. And I submit to you, that river is still flowing in the hearts of men and women of God today. The key, I believe, to surviving a dry season begins by realizing that you're in one. Are you here? The key to surviving the dry season is recognizing and realizing that you're in one. Some folks have been in a funk. They've been in a dry season so long that they don't even realize when it begins to rain all around them. They're so dry they don't even recognize the rain. Some people hear this word today and think, man, he's talking all about me. And other people hear this word today and say, man, what in the world is he talking about? It doesn't even apply to anything going on in, in our church or in our life. Friend, I want you to understand, if you've never experienced a dry season, then I thank God that you've never gone through a dry season in your life. But the fact of the matter is, if you have, I believe there's a way we can survive. I believe there's a way we can get on the backside of the desert. There's a way we can get through the dry season. There's a way we can get to the, to the place where God wants us to be. So how do we survive that dry season? Well, the first thing I see, friend, is this. We've got to go to Jesus. We've got to go to Jesus. Look at verse 37. Jesus said, if anybody thirsts, if anybody's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Praise God, Jesus is the source today, friend. Jesus, it begins with the reign of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source today of the refreshing. Jesus is the source today of the quenched thirst. Jesus is the beginning of getting through the dry season. The Word says that Jesus stood up during this great feast began to proclaim with a loud voice. If anybody's thirsty, hey, if any of you are going through a dry season, hey, if any of you are thirsty, if any of you have a longing that you've tried everything else to fulfill, if any of you have an empty spot and you're thirsty, come to me. Come to me. And I'll give you a drink. Notice Jesus didn't say, go to some preacher, he'll give you a drink. Notice Jesus didn't say, go to some theology, that'll give you a drink. 
Notice Jesus didn't say, come for the music or the activities. That'll give you a drink. Jesus said, come to me. He's the true source of life-giving water. In the book of John chapter 4, we read about an encounter that Jesus had with a, a woman at a well, a Samaritan woman. Jesus asked her for a drink and she said, oh, it's not right for me, a Samaritan, to give you, a Jew, a drink. I mean, isn't there somebody from your own home country to give you a drink? Jesus responded in verse 10 and said to her, if you'd known the gift of God and who it was who said to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him to give you living water. Jesus identified himself as the living water. If you drank from, from my fountain, if you drank from the living water, you'll never be thirsty again. And then you know what that lady wanted to do? She wanted to turn it into a debate about worship. Well, you know, our people say that, that we're supposed to do this type of worship, and, uh, and your people say we're supposed to do that type of worship. And you know how Jesus responded to her? Jesus said, true worship happens when you worship in spirit and in truth. That's a whole nother message. I'll preach that again someday. But what it comes back to is this. She didn't want to focus on living water. She didn't want to focus on truly having her thirst quenched. She didn't want to truly focus on getting through the dry season. She wanted to change the subject and get it off on something else and, and be all conflated and all confused. And, and let's, let's make it about something else. Let's don't get to the heart of the matter. How many would agree today that it's really easy to get distracted and it's really easy to get confused and it's really easy to get up off topic and end up dry in the process? Sometimes we get so sidetracked looking for something to satisfy our thirst we forget what the real source is. Distractions, stuff, junk. What's your pastor tell you? What have I told you for eight years? The things of this old world are going to rust, they're going to rot, and they're going to blow away. Amen. But the things of God are eternal. Amen. And so we get to be like a dog chasing our tail, and we're doing this, and we're doing that, and we're running, and we're going, and we're busy, and we're, we're, we're going, going, going. i got to build this, and i got to do that, and i got to go there, and I, I've got to supply that, and, and I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm going, I'm going, i got to do, i got to do, i got to do. The next thing you know, we end up 100 miles away from the supply. We end up 100 miles away from the source. We end up 100 miles away from Jesus, and we wonder where Jesus went. Jesus didn't go anywhere. We did. Sometimes it's not actually what we're doing is a bad thing. It's just the fact that we're busy. We put our head down, we go to work, we're, we're providing for our family, we're working in ministry, uh, we're, we're taking care of our kids, we're taking care of our grandkids, we're, we're trying to make people happy around us, and the next thing you know, we look up and we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of a dry season. Because we didn't take time to, to minister to our own relationship with God. I've got to tell you, I, I certainly couldn't preach the Word of God to you if I didn't spend time reading this Bible for myself before I read this Bible for you. I couldn't minister to you if I didn't spend time talking to him before I spend time talking to you. You got to have something to give something. When we're empty, we need Jesus more than we need anything. 
when we find ourselves in the dry season. No matter how we got there, we've got to get back to Jesus. We've got to make Him the main thing. And we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. It can't be about politics. It can't be about uh, religiosity. It can't be about uh, a bunch of junk in the world. It's got to be about Jesus. In the book of Psalms chapter 63, the psalmist said it like this. God, you're my God. And early I'm going to seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. Like a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Lord, I'm going after you because I'm living in an empty place. Thank God we can cry out to Him today in prayer. Thank God today we can open up that Word and read His love letter to us. Thank God today we have the opportunity to lift our hands and worship Him and and give Him praise and glory to to go after Him. He stands with open arms. If anybody's thirsty, if anybody's going through a dry season, come to me. Some might say, you know what, Pastor, I don't feel like praying. Have you ever been so dry that you didn't feel like praying? Come on, I'll be real with you if you'll be real with me. Have you ever been so dry that that you really didn't want to lift your hands? You didn't feel like lifting your hands and praising God? What difference is it going to make if I worship God or not? Have you ever been so dry that you got to the place where you felt like, what difference is it going to make if I read? What difference is it going to make if I pray? What difference is it going to make if I worship? I don't feel anything. Can I tell you today, friend, we don't work off feelings. We work off of faith. We don't work off of what our flesh thinks. We don't work off of what our flesh feels. We don't work off of our feelings. We don't work off of our emotions. Oh, that's a part of who you are. God created you with emotions, but God also put a grain of faith inside of every one of us. So we have to believe that even in the midst of the dry season, He's still worthy of my praise. He's still worthy of my conversation. He's still worthy of me opening up his love letter. He's still worth it's worth it to him if it ain't worth it to nobody else. How do we survive the dry season? You got to get to Jesus, friend. Another way you survive the dry season is you gotta you gotta genuinely believe in Jesus. Look at verse 37 and 38. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What starts out with a trickle of rain turns into a river of living water. I believe today he is who he said he is. And I believe today he can do what he said he can do. How many are with me? Jesus said, if anybody's thirsty... If anybody's dry, if anybody's going through a dry season, that you could come to Him and He'd give you a drink. You could have your thirst quenched. But then Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't just say, come to me and get a drink. But then He said, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, then out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your innermost being, out of your very soul, will flow rivers of living water. He didn't just say, come to Him. He said, believe in Him. And I know you're sitting there today thinking, man, pastor, that's a no-brainer. If I didn't believe in Him, I wouldn't even be in this church house today. 
Well, my response to that is, friend, I'm glad that you're here today. But my question about our belief in Jesus Christ is not whether or not we believe He's the Son of God, not whether or not we believe He's a Savior, but it's to the degree that we believe He can do what He said He can do, and He is who He said He is. I said it before. The environment all around us contributes every day to our dryness. The environment all around us, the things we hear, the things we read, the things we experience, the things we see, they all play a part in creating this sense of dryness. Every day when we read the headlines, every day when we listen to Facebook, every day when we, when we get our evening news, no matter what channel you listen to, every day the things we hear, the things we read, the things we perceive as going on around us can create a sense of dryness within us. The truth today is this, the world and the things of this world will suck the very life out of you if you let it. And the reason many times for the dry season is that we've we placed our faith, we placed our trust, we placed our confidence more in the things that we've heard, more in the things we've read, more in the things we've seen than we do in Jesus. Now He either is who He is or He's not who He's not. I'll be the first one to stand up and tell you that the things that are happening in the world today are not good. They're not good. From the events that are happening in the Ukraine to the wide open southern border. It grieves my heart and it grieves my spirit every time we, we rally it together and we say, we've got to do something to defend the borders of the Ukraine. And they're absolutely right. We need to help those people. They're in a dire need of help. But you know what? There's been two million undocumented people that's came across the border from Mexico this last year. Who's going to help the United States of America? The events that are happening in Ukraine are horrible. The cost of a gallon of gasoline? Drill, baby, drill. The cost of a pound of hamburger? Buy a cow. There's no debate. There's no question. There's no room for argument. We're living in desperate times. But how many understand the Bible said this was going to happen, right? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says that know this, in the last days perilous times will come. We're living in the last days, and yes, perilous times will come. But the things we're seeing, and the things we're hearing, and the events that are unfolding around us, the bad news doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change His power. It doesn't change His ability. It doesn't change His authority. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I believe we need to get our eyes and our ears off the world. And we need to get our eyes and our ears on Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I've shared with you before, the opposite of that is if faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the Word of God, then by like manner, faith can come by hearing and hearing by the lies of the devil. Y'all don't like none of this stuff today. Bless your hearts. I didn't say you'd like it. I said I was going to preach what the Holy Ghost said. If we listen to the trash, if we listen to the garbage, if we lift, listen to the lies long enough, we buy it hook, line, and sinker. Dangle that worm in front of that fish long enough, and eventually he's going to bite. And you know what happens when that old fish bites that worm? He's snatched out of the water and he's put in a frying pan. Woo, come on, run the aisles with me, people. I try to stay informed as your pastor. I try to stay up to date on the latest news. I, I want to be able to come before you and say, this is what's happening. This is the latest thing. This is what's going on. This is another sign of the end of the days. This is, this is the world we're living in today. Be aware. Be prepared. In the Old Testament, it, it talks about the the sons of Ishakar who had a, an understanding of the hour. They had an understanding of the day that they were living in. I believe we need to have a certain understanding of the day and the hour that we're living in. But, but hear me today. If we only dwell on all that stuff all the time, I know a difference in me when the only thing that I've read all day long has been stuff that came from the world about how bad things are. But when I pick up the Word of God and I begin to read the Word of God, then my faith is established back in my God and not in the world. When I spend more time talking to Him about how good He is and how capable He is and how mighty He is, instead of talking about an insane dictator of a nation who's invading another nation, then my heart is lifted and out of my spirit can begin to flow rivers of living water. I went to Jesus. I talked to Jesus. I received from Jesus. I believed in Jesus and now rivers of living water can flow. How do we survive the dry season? we got to go to Jesus. we got to believe in Jesus. And one more thing I want to share with you today is and we got to let the river flow. we got to let that river flow. Look at verse 37 through 39 one more time. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit who those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given uh, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Thank God today there's a river called the Holy Ghost that's still flowing today. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 17 through 18, the Word of the Lord says it'll come to pass in the last days. These are the last days. It'll come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. 
I submit to you this morning, these are those days. These are the days of the flowing of the mighty river of the Holy Ghost. These are the days of Pentecost. These are the days of the flowing of the river. That Holy Spirit flow that began on the day of Pentecost is still flowing mighty and is still flowing strong today. Jesus said if we'd come to Him, if we'd believe in Him, that Holy Ghost river would flow through us. Can I tell you as your pastor, can I tell you as your friend, we need to let that river flow. Oh, pastor, we have some lively services around here. I mean, we had a message in tongues interpretation this morning. The Holy Spirit was very present this morning in our services. The, the Holy Spirit is here. Friend, we need to let that Holy Spirit river flow. But it needs to flow more than when we're here. Yes, I believe we need to be a lighthouse to the lost. Yes, I believe we need to be a hospital for the hurting. And yes, I believe we need to be a place of the flowing of the river of the Holy Spirit of God. But friend, if we only let the Holy Spirit flow when we're at church, then we're missing exactly what God intended it to be for. The flow of the river of the Holy Ghost cannot be something that we only experience when we're in the house of God. It's something we need to carry with us everywhere. I believe it needs to happen in our lives on a daily basis. The truth is it's possible to dam up that river. Oh, there's a mighty dam there, and it's possible to shut that dam completely off. Close her down. Not long after Sister Vaughn and I were first married, I went to work at Dresser Rand, and I made several friends there, guys that I knew that I, that I hunted and I fished with, and one evening, they, we made the decision, a group of us fellas was going to go uh, fishing together. This was before the days of cell phones and even a bag phone. and Oh, they had them phones on the corner that you had to put a quarter in. And some of you are old enough to remember them, but I didn't stop and use one, so I had to buy flowers the next day. That's a whole different sermon. I went with a group of my buddies, and we went up to Grand Lake one night after work to go pick up fish. What do you mean, pick up fish, Pastor? Well, every year, uh, around a certain particular time of the year, they would do inspections on that dam. And when they would do the inspections on that dam, they would shut that baby plumb off. And the water would quit flowing out of that dam entirely. And so all the fish that were uh, below the dam would get trapped in these big pools of water. And so instead of allowing those, those fish to go to waste, instead of allowing those fish to be, become something uh, stinky and to pollute the environment or the atmosphere, they would allow people at a certain time of the year, if you had a fishing license, you could go below the dam and get in those pools and wait around and pick those fish up and put them in an ice chest. There's no finer eating in all of the world than a big old mess of crappie. Can I get an amen? If you've never had a, a pallet of crappie that's been fried and stacked up and some french fries and some hush puppies laid in front of you, that'd make you a chicken neck. I was Pentecostal preaching then, wasn't I? 
It's nothing in the world like a big mess of crappie. I don't care. I love me some venison backstraps. I, lo- I love it. I love it. I love it. Biscuits and gravy and uh, some, fried, some fried taters. And oh, I might have to do that again. Glory. But crappie, oh my word, there's no finer eating in all the world. I filled up an ice chest of crappie, and I still had to buy her flowers because I didn't call her and tell her I was going. (laughs) They shut that water completely off. Are you hearing me? They shut the water completely off. And if they didn't allow us to go down there and pick up the fish, they'd die. Eventually, those fish would die, no matter if they were in water or not. Uh, the oxygenation of that water is, is lost after a certain period of time. If there's too many fish that are in a small pool of water, then all the oxygen is going to be gone, and those fish are going to die, and they're beginning to stink. If that dam is shut off long enough, guess what? The vegetation that's downstream from that dam will begin to wither up and die. Why? Because there's no water flowing to it to keep it alive. The mullocks, the, the clams, if you will, uh, the, the freshwater oysters that, that live on the rocks and all the crustaceans and all the things that live down below that dam that attach themselves to the rock will eventually die because there's not water to give them life. There's not water to rush over them and keep them surviving. When you dam off the flow of the river, Brother Jerry Stuff dies. Do you know, as I believe you do, it's possible to dam off the flow of the river of the Holy Spirit? Otherwise, the 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 wouldn't say don't quench. Let let me put it in a, a little bit more modern version. The Message Bible says it like this. It says don't hold back the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't hold back the work. Don't dam up the work of the Holy Spirit. What's the dam do that, that, that it's the work of the dam is to hold back the water from flowing, right? Don't dam up the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't hold back the work of the Holy Spirit. We're in a dry season. What this ground needs is water. Naturally, in the nature, we're in a dry season. Spiritually, we can get in a dry season. There may be people around you today in a dry season that you don't know nothing about. Up and down and back and forth and round and round. So what if? What if my brother Jared's going through a a dry season? And the Holy Spirit flowing in my life needs to flow and touch him. Yes, it's for my refreshing. Yes, it's for me personally. But you know what? Sometimes what you've got inside of you splashes out and gets on somebody else. But if I've damned it up, if I've shut it down, if I've quenched it, 
then how can what God has blessed me with have an effect on my friend and my brother? And us personally, what if we went to Jesus? Lord, I believe in you. I came to you. I'm thirsty. I need a drink. Jesus said, come to me, believe in me, and I'll fill you with a river that's going to flow out of your heart. And we're refreshed, and we're revived, and we're excited, and we're on fire, and yay, Jesus! But then, we shut it off. We turn that spigot plumb off. And we close it up. And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to give us love. And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to give us peace. And we don't allow the, you know, the gifts of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Come on, amen. Come on. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to give us the fruit of the Spirit. You know, so many times we think about uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit and the, the gifts, the extraordinary, extravagant gifts of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I think we probably ought to focus a whole lot more on the fruit of the Spirit than we do on the gifts of the Spirit. We'll never genuinely flow in the gifts of the Spirit until we genuinely flow in the fruit of the Spirit. It's hard to prophesy or have a message in tongues or an interpretation of tongues or or any other discernment of Spirit or any other gifts that God may give you of the Spirit if you don't first function in love. I want to prophesy over you, but I don't love you. I, I want to I prophesy, I want to I have a message in tongues or interpretation in tongues, but, but I, you know, I, I don't have patience. Really? We've damned it up. When you got saved, whoo, glory. I got 30 more minutes to preach. When we got saved. The Holy Spirit of Almighty God came and took up residence alive inside of us. He lives inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. When He filled us with His Spirit to overflowing, oh, we were filled to the very tippy top. It was rounded over. We're going to preach Pentecost again tonight. You want to be here tonight in tonight's service, okay? We were filled to just... Rounded over. Have you ever filled a glass so full that it was rounded over on top of it? You couldn't put one more drop in that glass because if you did, it was going to spill and come over the sides. When Jesus saved your soul, when He bought your life, when He paid the price for your salvation, He filled you to round it over full of His Spirit. But Jesus said, if we'd come to Him and believe in Him, that we'd have rivers rivers of living water that would bubble and flow out of us. Flow out of us. What happens if we reach up and say, Lord, I'm full enough. Hey, Sherry, will you go to media backgrounds and at the very bottom there's a picture of a glass. Would you put that up there for me? I want... It's not in my slides. I started to go this direction. We got a little time. Will y'all be patient with me just for a minute? Ethan, can you find that for me? Let's 
put it up there. It doesn't need nothing behind it. Just click on the picture. That's, 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 that's. But that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Are you hearing me? That's what God wants in our lives, y'all. That's what God wants in our lives. Not a stopping place, not an ending point, but a, an overflow. An overflow. Because if we've got this going on in our lives on a daily... Listen, it's not a one-time thing. Oh, I made a trip to the altars at kids camp when I was seven years old and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I've never spoken tongues again. I've never functioned in the fruit of the Spirit again. Friend, you've shut the valve off. We've got to let that river flow. We've got to let that river flow. If we're going to survive the dry season, we've got to let the river flow. Put me on my... There you go. I believe with all my heart that even as Christians... And as I said, as I prayed this morning, maybe this message was just for me. Maybe the preacher is the only one that's ever gone through a dry season. But I believe that we even as Christians can go through a dry season. A season with low rainfall. A season of drought. A season where we can feel like we're just going through the motions. Well, I went to church. I did my duty today. A season... It could best be described as dormant. A season where we're not planting anything. We're just laying back waiting. A season where fires are increasing and air quality is poor. A season where it can feel as if our prayers are not making it past our lips. A season when it can feel as if God is silent and a million miles away. Friend, if you stay in that season long enough, you're going to die. I've seen too many on-fire, born-again believers. I've seen too many people who would be described as on-fire for God wither up and die. Because the dry season came and set in. And they never went to Jesus. They never believed in Him. They had dammed up the flow of the river, and that's where they finished their story. A lot of people sitting on a lot of pews in a lot of churches across this world that are in a dry season. Let the river flow. Julie, come on, please. Let the river flow. Let Let the river of the Holy Spirit of God flow. Will you bow your heads and your hearts all over this room today, please? Father, Father, I thank You. I thank You that You hear our cry and that You answer our prayer. And I thank You, Lord, that even in the midst of our dry season, You still are exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, think, or could even measure, God, or imagine You go beyond it all. You're still God even when we're going through a dry time. God, I pray. Lord, I thank You for Your rescue. I thank You, God, for for the survival tactics that You've instilled within us. 
Lord, we can run to you and we can find our source and our supply. We can believe in you more than we believe in the junk of the world. God, we can continue to let that river flow in our lives. Forgive me, Lord, of experiencing dry seasons. But God, thank you for being with me through them all. God, thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that you rescue, that you help us survive. My Lord, how I love you. Thank you for what you're about to do. If you're here this morning and you need Jesus, First and foremost, we begin this way every, every service. It doesn't matter who's here. It doesn't matter what's going on. We begin the altar call this way every service. It's important. If you're here and you need Jesus to save your soul, you're lost, you're undone, you know you are. Your salvation is not between you and anybody else but Christ. Your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. Your grandpa and grandma can't save you. It's got to be between you and the Lord. If you're in this room and you don't know Him, I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I do want to pray with you. Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. I need Him right now to save my soul. Anyone at all, would you lift your hand? I just want to pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. It's just me and you, friend. Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to wait just a second. The Holy Spirit's stirring. The Holy Spirit's working. The Holy Spirit's moving. Come on, is that you? You need Christ? The next altar call is going to take a little bit of boldness. As Christians, we're supposed to be courageous. I've, I've bared my heart before you today, and I've, I've been very transparent to let you know of the dry seasons that I encounter, the things that I go through personally. I'm just going to ask you to have courage today. If you've ever gone through a dry season or you're in the midst of one right now, I'm going to ask you to have the courage to stand to your feet. All around this room. Oh, pastor, that's me. I'm dry and weary in a dry and weary land. I need refreshing. I'm dry and weary in a dry and weary land and I need refreshing. Oh, how you bless me. But more importantly, how you bless Him. The way we survive, the way we get through, is not by shaking howdy time. It's not by running out the back door. It's not by being the first one to the buffet line. But the way we survive is by going to Jesus. 
putting our trust and our hope in Him and letting that river flow. Won't you come today? Find a place anywhere around this room. Make an altar where you are. I don't care, but, but go to Jesus today, friend, before you leave. Spend time in prayer. God bless you as you seek Him.
Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for a river that'll never run dry. We're so thankful that you bid us to come, even in the midst of our driest of dry seasons. We can come to you, and you'll satisfy with living water. Lord, I pray over these people today. Walk with them, Lord, I pray. And God, bring us back together tonight. Lord, that we might glean from your word. and God, our hearts cry tonight as God, just do it again. Just do it again, Lord. Lord, have your way. Bless these people. Use them. May we stay fresh. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you guys.